of knowing. All right, man. Welcome to Crow Triple Seven Radio. This is episode 309. Jason Lingren is with me, and very happily, Amanda Vollmer is back. We had her, I don't know, probably almost three, four weeks ago, but due to the things I've got to deal with here, we had to cancel that one out, which is unfortunate, but I'm very glad to have Amanda back. Uh, we're going to cover all kinds of things that are critically important, and I'll urge everyone, right now on the site, uh, there are four links to people that I support for their products. Amanda's going to be one of those people, so there will be a fifth image under every episode that links off to Amanda's site, which is yum, which is Y-U-M, naturals, which is plural, dot store. Yumnaturals.store. Good stuff there. And as a matter of fact, I want to talk to her a little bit about, I mean, I didn't even know what shampoo was, I guess, before I got the shampoo from her. It's crazy. But welcome, Jason. And a very fine good evening it is. All right. Do you have anything to add or shall we maximize? Make it so. All right. Welcome, Amanda. Hi. Hi, Crow. Hi, Jason. Thanks for having me again. So good to have you back. Um, There's so many things that uh, we want to cover, but Rose put a big list together. But why don't we just open with DMSO um, because it's been on my mind. Uh, My wife's been using it, ingesting it. There was a cold sore incident we used it on, and I read up because you sent me the book. Apparently, and this was a pretty cool thing, uh, I came up in an area where they would tell you that a lot of cold sores are a form of herpes and that there are forms of herpes you can never get rid of. Now, within the other side of my family, people who got out in the sun would always get cold sores if they got too much sun. What I read in the book is that if you apply the DMSO to the cold sore repetitively, that often the toxin on the nerve ending will express out and you might never get that again. So, I mean, what are we saying here? Are there forms of herpes that are considered incurable that are really curable? Nah, they're a bunch of lies. I tell you, it's just mostly what you read. If it's from the medical establishment, just start off with it's a lie and then (laughs) you're better off, right? (laughs) I'm with you. Wait, who's telling lies? (laughs) Yeah, right. So everything's inverted and, and they make up these stories that it's caused by some sort of, you know, invisible thing and it's forever with you and how dare you kiss someone or have sexual relations and have be a free being how dare you do that because you're gonna you're gonna get some strange you're gonna catch some venereal disease or something like that uh but actually none of these uh so-called illnesses are contagious you don't you don't get it from anybody um you you make it and what happens generally is uh your your lymphatic system and your skin are the main routes of uh, acquiring the the waste inside your body and collaborating with the liver and the blood and getting them pushed out. And often the skin is the the huge way through perspiration and sweat and through eruptions. That's how it gets out these things. If if, if it's too volatile, it's a metal, it's too volatile to actually um, go into back into the blood and to circulate into the liver and be detoxed by the enzyme systems of the liver. It's just much easier to get out through the skin. That's why you get acne. That's why you get boils. You get all kinds of different sorts of eruptions. They're all based on the body removing waste particles and if you get certain uh, types of chemicals petrochemicals uh, oils 
and metals inside the lymphatic chambers or inside the uh, nerve endings or even from into the nerve root, then you'll get these um, eruptions that they call ulcers or, or herpes, uh, where they'll come out of the dermatome. A dermatome is basically just a section of nerves that you can trace back to a specific um, spinal process or sp a spinous segment. Right. And they and so you can actually map. They have the whole body mapped as far per where the nerves, you know, lead back into. And that expression can happen again and again if the toxicity in that area is quite high. So you'll get a lot of expression coming out here and there. And there'll be different triggers for when the body thinks it's uh, appropriate for removal. Maybe during sun exposure, there's enough UV uh, involvement that it says, hey, we just made some vitamin D, guys. Yeah, yo, awesome. Let's like use that. Okay, cool. Let's get this metal out of here finally. What a nuisance. And let's push it right out and let's uh, open up the skin and make this eruption to push it out. Now, if you use something to encourage it to work with the body's wisdom and help it come out even more effectively, like using DMSO, dimethyl sulfoxide, then you will increase its expression and you will hopefully, the goal is to complete the expression and then it's done. You don't have to keep getting the ulcer or the or the blemish or whatnot. It'll be done at that point. So that's why I wrote that in the book, because I've had many cases where people say they get repeat similar types of ulcers or herpes on different parts of their body. And it's not always the mouth or or the, the private parts, as you will. It could be arms. It could present like um, shingles, for example. It's all the same kinds of expression, just fancy different names. And it's the same path to help detox the body, get rid of it. And you won't get it again. So, I, I mean, I got to ask a couple, well, just to be clear. So a lot of people think that when that nasty cold sore comes, don't touch it. Don't let anyone look at it. Don't get near it or it's going to get worse. Basically, you're putting the DMSO right on it and you're doing it repeatedly, right? Yes. And, and I recommend to continue to do it, even if it seems to increase the expression. A lot of people are trained backward. They, they think that a symptom is bad, so they should stop. Right. And there are red flags for when you should stop doing something. Usually when you see histamine types of reactions, like actual allergic reactions that are life threatening, like your throat closing off or your eyes closing shut or something like that. That's something obviously you're going to stop that behavior. But as far as we're talking with an expression out of the skin, you don't want it to, to stagnate or stop part way. And I've had cases where people use DMSO and they're starting to get expressions um, and it could be even internal, which is really hard to understand what's going on. I had a case of a boy who had uh, was taking DMSO over the abdomen because of a stomach problem, and the stomach problem actually worsened. Um, but what was happening is mobilization of, of something that had been trapped inside the intestinal tract. And when she contacted me, I said, okay, well, that's a sign that the DMSO is working and it's moving something out, but you've stopped it and the pain is still there. Like the, it got into worse pain situation and the pain did not resolve upon stopping DMSO. So that was the indication to continue using it to let it complete its action. And so she did just that. And the young boy expelled some very noxious matter rectally, which I'll spare you. Um, and he was fine after that moment. So um, there's more and more cases of these types of things. So what I suggest is just keep doing it until it's done. And it also will heal the tissue so it doesn't scar. That's one of DMSO's claims to fame is that it actually heals scars. 
I have people using my facelift in a jar and they're like, I didn't expect my scars to heal on my face. I had acne scars and they're gone. Or I had, you know, some sort of injury to my chin when I was a child and I had a scar and now it's clearing up and these sorts of things. Because DMSO is excellent at opening up the skin barrier. And if you can imagine opening up a skin barrier into a scar, which is basically like a sloppily laid skin it actually resets the skin layout and reorganizes it uh, as it passes through it, which is brilliant. I mean, I, I more I studied this particular substance as I was writing the book, the more in awe I was of its abilities. So I, I got to ask, I don't know if you're going to know the, the answer to this, but so since we know they're lying about herpes, I'm guessing the name of it is part of the spell. It's named after a serpent, isn't it? If you study snakes, you're a herpetologist. So why why in the hell does it have the snake idea in it? Is that just part of the spell? Fascinating. Well, they love that. Oh, come on. They put it everywhere, right? They put their symbol. They love to put their mark on on everything, like, like somebody opening a, a box of donuts and licking each one to make sure it's theirs. This is like... <laughs> that imbecilic but i don't really know the the conventional like old style naming of why they came up with it but it's a very great question yeah um so jason do you want to pick up rose has things that we better hit on um are you looking at the list yep i got it up by the way i did the dmso on a cold sore i got when i was feeling just a little poopy i don't really get sick anymore because i Mm -hmm. ingest so many things (laughs) but uh Sometimes I'll feel crappy for like a day and I'll hit myself with some heavy vitamin C and then I got a little bit of a cold sore, put that on and it was half gone the next day and pretty much gone the following. So yeah, there's my testimonial. Well, we we should touch too, I guess, before we jump into the bullets. We used it here. I was using it on my scalp. And just so people know, you got to be careful. You don't want to put aftershave on your face, then use that same hand to massage DMSO into your scalp, right? You want to make sure there's nothing on your hands and you want to make sure your hair is clean in in a usage like that. And Manda does have a good book, which tells you all you need to know to safely use DMSO. You should get that book. You should understand if you're going to use it. But what I was going to point out is I read you get oyster breath. I thought, no big deal. I'll get Amanda's good gum because it's so hard to get good gum. But I'll tell you what, it's really not breath. As, it really is the breath, but not how we think about it. You think about, you know, a stinky mouth. It's actually the air coming out of the lungs that gets the oyster smell. And if you've taken a little bit of DS, DMSO, it can be strong. Yeah. And what happens there is the breakdown to DMS and it's different for different people. I don't get the stench of it really much anymore. And you'll find over time as you've used it and as you start to detox with it, that your body adapts and you're less likely to have that really strong odor coming off of you, as well as if you use things like um, hydrogen peroxide properly diluted or um, chlorine dioxide solution, which are both um, oxidants the oxidation of DMSO will take it toward MMS, or sorry, MSM sulfur, which is a derivative. I know we're going to talk about that a bit, but uh, MSM sulfur can be made from DMSO and it has more oxygen in it. And so if you add the oxygen, it will go to its less stinky breakdown form of, of it and you won't have as strong of an oyster breath. So We, we found that very thing. It was very strong. The first usage, next day less, next day less. By the other, by the third or fourth day, um, you could detect it, but it's not 
noxious. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not really noxious, but it, it really kind of does smell like oysters. Yeah, so it's a really unfortunate, I think it's pretty much one of the only main unfortunate so-called side effects of, of DMSO. I was joking when I was writing the book, I'm like, God made the most perfect substance known to man, except... <laughs> hey, the piper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you will not be finding love while you're being treated with DMSO. No, um, it goes away pretty quickly. All right, Jason, you want to jump in? I think we're picking up probably a two, maybe. Yeah. So, okay. I like this. Uh, recommendations for managing stress and insomnia during the beer bug nonsense. <laughs> Covidious well, minimus. Yes, exactly. Oh, by the way, we all feel great. We just had another event this past week. Uh, a couple hundred of us all together. Nothing happened to anybody whatsoever from all over the country. And I think some other countries as well. Nah, there's nothing going on, folks. But no, you could... You could have caught it, but you have no symptoms. And how do you know then you that you don't have it? You should get tested, really. And then you'll know if you have it. I'll take the zero. <laughs> <laughs> but Mike, I don't find it very logical to assume that someone has something when they have no symptoms. Don't you find that odd that people so willingly believe that, that a healthy individual is a disease carrier and can give you something that they themselves do not express. Now, Amanda, don't be ridiculous. You should wait and talk to a doctor. Oh, wait. Yeah, what, <laughs> what's not odd about this age change, but I think that's probably true from what I've read of every age change, up becomes down and down becomes up. And by the way, women are supposed to be in charge of this age when we finally get our feet on the ground and start doing things in a halfway normal sense, but it is claimed that when they lose it at the end of this age, it's way worse than when the men lose it. So we'll oh, just have to wait and see. Fascinating. Yeah, what? by the way, we'll all have to be reborn another hundred times to see probably. No, come on. <laughs> I've had enough. I'm not, I'm not coming back. Forget it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I keep saying too. <laughs> that's my thing. Anyhow, did we cover? So, so the yep. idea behind the, the question is how do you manage stress and insomnia during COVIDius minimus? Well, I believe that at this point, how I'm seeing what's going on is an invitation inside yourself and to do things that are very um, uh, self-care-like. So look to your world and look to your um, situation and say, how can I bring in more self-care? How can I clean up my world so that I'm not reliant on the system anymore? Because I think a lot of the stress comes from the what ifs, right? Like what if the economy crashes? Well, it's going to. Uh, what if the housing market crashes? Well, that's going to. What if rapid inflation happens? Well, that's going to happen. What if the food security goes down? Well, that's going to happen. Uh, what if, you know, all of these things, right? And that's where a lot of uh, those of us who are awake, right, the stress is coming from those things. And how I handle it is I don't let my ego sit in the driver's seat. I have been meditating more and more and getting clear inside of myself, you can do fasting. Fasting and really allowing the gut to be in a good spot, in a healed spot. Um, and if you have gut uh, disharmony, then working on the gut and trying to heal the gut as much as possible. Because the gut is your one of your brains, really. And you have a heart brain, a gut brain, and a brain brain. So you have three brains. And if your gut brain is not functioning functioning that well, then it's going to affect your stress levels and your anxiety levels. If you are not calm enough when you eat your food, you will not absorb your food well. 
And also you have high cortisol levels and which affects your hormones and you'll have adrenaline running through you when you're stressed. And so it's better to actually fast if you're stressed than to eat, because then you won't have more disharmony of, you know, malabsorbed food for your gut. Drinking lots of water, going on walks, breathing fresh air, getting sunlight, um, journaling or writing down how you're feeling, getting, you know, really intimate with how you feel and talking with someone who listens well, who doesn't just offer advice, but actually is a good listener. So finding your supports and your, your people is important. And if you're alone, then know that you're not meant to be alone and that if you get these steps in place, you will eventually attract people who are also on the same page as you and will be, you know, your, your true friends or there for you in a crisis. And of course there are things we can take and things we can ingest and, um, and, and use to help us get right with ourselves. Uh, I make a lot of tea blends. I really am a proponent of, of natural remedies and plant remedies to correct us. Um, most of them will actually grow outside your door. Um, for example, dandelions and colt's foot and plantain and um, all of these wonderful medicines that are literally considered weeds around you. Um, I suggest one of the, the strongest things to do is to join your local um, you know, either a botanical club or, uh, you know, wild crafting group or people who like to forage, uh, people who like to do mushroom identification or any kind of plant identification for your local area, join a group and start to learn and, and just go for one thing at a time and, and go out and identify it in, in the wild and start to see what you can do with it. And most of them you can collect and dry for, you know, either winter season or when it's not in season and use as teas and they can very much soothe you. One of the ones I love is called St. John's Wort and it's it grows everywhere in North America and a lot of places in, in Europe. Um, it's quite prevalent and it's a beautiful yellow flower and it helps with a lot of nervous system disorders and also depression. Um, and you can make it into a tea and you can um, decoct. It's called decoction when you let the herb sit into to warm water or hot water uh, with a lid for longer than 10 minutes, really. Um, so it's not like your regular tea where you just kind of quickly brew it. Uh, you can even simmer it on the stove if you want to get more of an extract of that. And you can drink about a cup of it a day. Um, if you drink more than a cup a day, you could kind of get a little bit carried away. <laughs> you could get giddy from it. Um, if you get the giggles, then you know you've taken a little too much. Um, but that is just one such plant that you can help uh, just get your mind shifted away from a lot of stress, help your gut, help your nervous system, and help you cope better. Because if you can't change the outer projection or the outer experience if you can't control that the only thing you can control is you and your uh, adapt you your capability or your ability to adapt to the situation so if you can increase that uh, through proper right action correct feeding and, and behaviors then it doesn't matter the stress can be the same stress but you're coping better with it so it's not affecting you the same way so that's how I like to think about it so she added a couple things. I'm hoping, I mean, I know what some of it is, but she, how do you feel about things like GABA, which is G-A-B-A all capped, uh, Psy Stabil, I guess, or microdosing psilocybin, sorry, psilocybin. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, GABA is, um, a, 
it does help with anxiety and it does help with sleep. Essentially, it's a supplement and I do have it on the website and it's a basically it's a calming or inhibitory neurotransmitter for the gut and the brain. And it it blocks some of the impulses a little bit between the nerves in the brain and it affects your mood. So um, you can use it. I, I do like to to suggest it for people who really are insomniacs. They're really not sleeping and they really have runaway anxiety and that they're not also on any medications because I don't like to to have to to work with the combination I like to take them off the medication slowly and teach them how to come off a lot of these things while I support their food and their gut but GABA is um, also affecting the enteric nervous system so that's what I was talking about with the gut Um, there has a lot of GABA receptors in the the gut and that is connecting to the brain through what's called the vagus nerve and it's it's very helpful it also has anti-seizure activity uh, support so for people have seizure disorders it's very helpful and it does it's not able to cross the blood-brain barrier but I'm if you actually take DMSO orally before you use it it can what product would would the GABA be in that that's on your site because I don't recall seeing it um, I'll see maybe we're at a stock of it. I'll take a look. Um, is, is it called GABA? Yeah, it's okay. called a GABA GABA. And there's some products I think with it in it. I have it in my Goodnight Dream Cream, for example, and I have it in a a, a, a chewable supplement by Suku called Restful Sleep. It has GABA in it, and then I just have a pure GABA supplement as well. But I'm not sure if it's on the the website or not. Uh, but have a look. Uh, if not, I'll put it up anyway. Okay. Yeah, it's not. It doesn't look like it's up. It's probably out of stock. So I'll refresh that. So One, how do you feel about Stabil or microdosing? Basically, I assume that's magic mushroom psilocybin. Yeah, yeah. So the Stabil is a Picana product. It's on the site. Um, it's. <laughs> I am empathic, and and I was hanging around this gentleman who had chronic anxiety disorder and panic attacks. Now, panic attacks are something other than like, they're just so over the top. You really think you're going to die. It's a terrible experience. So lucky me, I uh, had one, (laughs) probably as the wounded healer path that I walk to just experience what that is really about. And he um, met me in, I had one in the grocery store that I was at and he ran to me and he had this size to build. Um, it's a spagyric homeopathic blend in an alcohol base, almost like a tincture. And he said, open your mouth. And he just threw like five drops of my mouth, something like this. And he just said, just swish it around. And my panic attack stopped on a dime. And I went, what on earth did you just give me? And once I established my store, I vowed at that point, I would have these remedies available. And I've had such amazing responses by the Picana products, which basically detox every organ system of your body intracellularly. And this particular product seems to not only be able to stop panic attacks, but help with overarching anxiety or anxiety syndromes. And you can use it directly in on the tongue, in the mouth that way, or you can use it in water um, and as as either as needed or as a course. So you could do 15 drops in water three times a day as an ongoing uh, regimen. And it will support the nervous system into a cognitive state or a regulatory state. So it helps the intracellular aspects of the nervous system self-regulate, which is incredible. Like these ancient remedies have so much knowledge and wisdom stored in them and and spagyrics are a class of their own because 
they're prepared much differently than just traditional homeopathic. So um, one day I'll, I'll do a very specific talk just on spagyrics and, and what they're about. But uh, how, how do you find the psi? How do you say it? Stabile? Is that psi, it? Psi stabile. Mm-hmm. How, how do you find it on the site? Is it labeled that or is it something yes. else? Yes. Labeled that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it should okay. be easy to find. Yeah. All right. And let's. I'm sorry. Mushroom- go ahead. Well, the mushrooms you were gonna we were gonna talk about the microdosing mushrooms. It is psilocybin. Um, there are like hundreds of different um, psychedelic mushrooms that exist, and they've been slowly uh, de- not totally deregulating the use, but kind of softening up on their criminality. So you can now use them in microdosing amounts. And I have, as a result, I do have it available. I just don't have it on the the site easy to find, you have to request it because it's through a doctor. So if you send a request, if you're interested, just ask Fabian and he'll, he'll give you a private link to the product. But essentially, if you know who Paul Stamets is, he talks about psilocybin mushrooms, actually cured his stutter. Um, he's a really cool story about that. And he developed what's called the Stax protocol, which is a combination of niacin or niacinamide, which supports the brain and the gut and blood flow, um, shaga mushroom, uh, reishi mushroom, the psilocybin, and it's it's like a combination together. And it's in a specific ratio. And when you take one of them a day for about five or six days with a meal, in the morning, it gives you energy, but it also helps you deal with um, depression or anxiety. It seems to help with either of those two. It just gives you a lift in your perception. That's what I find when I use it. I just feel inside of me like it's okay. Like everything's going to be okay. There's a lot of work to do. There's a lot of changes to be made, and I, I've got this. It just gives me sort of like a confidence that it's so everything is just designed in a, in such a way that it's going to end up in a good place. So it helps you feel positive inside of yourself and that can really catch. Um, And then you take two days or one day break because you can get a tolerance when you take it. So that's why there's different protocols for that. But either five days on, two days off, like take it through the week, take the weekend off. Uh, Some people do seven days and one off. And then I have uh, one called Neuro, that's called Neuro Blend. And then the other one's called Neuro Mood. And it is uh, a different type of, it's a very high psilocybin, so it's got way more in it. And it has more of a stimulant aspect to it. So it's very good for males, especially, um, or uh, larger, you know, formed people who just need either a higher dose or are looking to have more of an energy from it um, to be created. So it has some herbs with it and a higher psilocybin dose. I also have raw mushrooms available too. If you really want to go for a ride. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not interested in a ride, but I am interested in the GABA, the size stable and the micro dosing. Uh, I have caused to, to give those each a go. Yeah. So I'd like, to, I'd, I'd like to do that and I'll, I'll make contact after we're done with this, but um, we need to keep moving. If we can mm-hmm. get through most of what we've got here, want to lead us into teeth, Jason. Now this is a big one because mainstream dentistry will always say, there's not a damn thing you could do to regrow teeth. Mm-hmm. And herpes. Herpes and teeth, you're stuck with it. Uh, yeah, no. They always lo- they love to say that about everything. They, they, they say that nothing can be cured and everything is only what they can do to you. And they just constantly tell these stories. And um, they're all lies. 
I've had people regrow all kinds of things, regrow enamel, fix cavities, past a certain point of the tooth without really focusing on it, you can't regrow it. Like once it's really broken down too far and there's no substrate to work with, then at that point, actually what the body's meant to do is just cover it over with enamel and just leave it be. Um, But if it's too far damaged and you're not in a good type of health, then it can be a sort of, you know, a spot that needs to be dealt with, needs to be pulled um, out properly. But, you know, if you feel a cavity starting or see a cavity starting, you have pain or you have inflammation or you have gum problems and spongy gums or gingivitis or any of these things, there's a whole host of things that can be done for the mouth. And really the mouth is an expression of the whole enteric system, the gut. And it also detoxes a lot, um, more than you'd imagine. So that's why keeping the mouth, you know, relatively clean, good hygiene with the mouth, um, flossing properly, cleansing the, the mouth properly, doing some sort of pulling. I always recommend either oil pulling or wheatgrass uh, juice powder that's been rehydrated as a pulling. So you can help the lymphatic system of the mouth detox properly because it's only when the pH gets thrown off and the wastes accumulate, that's when you start to get decay and that's when you start to get gum problems or even deep pockets as they say, right? Which is like the wearing away of the gum. So you can use, of course, DMSO in the mouth in proper dilution. You can use natural mouthwashes. I love doing green tea mouthwashes or um, red raspberry leaf. Uh, tea mouthwashes or calendula tea mouthwashes because these botanicals support the tissue. They astringe, tighten, or or tonify the tissue and form is function. So if you have good tissue integrity, then you have a functioning cell and it will take care of the rest. Um, of course, we talked about tissue salts. I really like tissue salts when healing the mouth and the teeth and the bones and these sorts of tissues. Um, always your Your bones of your body are dynamic. They are constantly breaking themselves down and rebuilding themselves up all day long. So if you can upregulate the rebuilding pattern and balance out the degrading pattern, then you can rebuild the teeth. Boron or borax is one uh, important element to use for bones and and teeth, Um, using all the different minerals and making sure your body has enough minerals is really important, like using shilajit, for example. Or um, again, we talk about the tissue salts as a mineral support and making sure that you're um, cleansing the mouth and brushing it not too harsh to damage the enamel. And that's why my tooth soap and tooth powder, like, holy moly, because... I still don't have any. I know. And you know, I got it. I'm, I'm in the midst of figuring out how to get some help to make it because it's one of those products that's quite labor intensive for me to make. And by the time I make everything I'm already doing, it's like, oh, now we got to remake the, the stuff's coming up again to make again. You like, emailed me that morning and I got ready to do it. And then the phone rang and then I had to help my mom. By the time I got back to it that evening, I was already too late. I know. Oh my gosh. It's absurd. So I'm getting there. I really am. I'm I'm going to get some extra help to make some of these um, more labor intensive products. I think the main thing for me is that I'm doing this out of my home and you should see the setup I have to do to function like this. It's absurd, really. It's kind of uh, unheard of, I think. And so I need a newer facility and I need land and there's all these 
growing requirements. And then I can have more people to help me because in this small space, we're already tripping over each other as it is, right? But it's it's something that is, it's a testament to the idea, right? The idea is you're using all the right materials and you're introducing them into the oral cavity and that is absorbing through the gums and supporting the roots and the nerves and the lymph at the base of the gums. And then that is nourishing the tooth and and, and preparing it properly and growing it back properly. Um, and DMSO can be used on cavities as well. I make one called DMSO with added nutrients and you, it's an 80% dilution and you can use it directly on a cavity combined with the, like I said, the wheatgrass um, pulling procedure and the uh, the tooth soap or tooth powder, which has all the minerals in it. And it will bathe the mouth in what is required for the, the body to move forward. I got to ask, did did you see a traffic boost after the last time we did this? Yeah, Crow. <laughs> you have- like significant? Uh, yeah, um, it was kind of insane. And you have, <laughs> you have quite a loyal following, I think. You have people who really appreciate what you do and who understand you bring quality. And I think that pays forward for so many things right and when you're authentic then it's it's even more value added <laughs> i think i think i'd rephrase that see this is what i think is about to happen is amish are going to get really popular and people like you <laughs> who used to be marginalized and so there's a group of us out in the world who have just kind of found each other and we're going what the hell's going on oh. um Oh my but God. anyhow, that's that's good to know. Um, but all right, let, let's keep pumping through this. This one can can be kind of a quick one. It's mm-hmm. uh, I think an afterthought from Rose. Mm-hmm. She's commenting on osteoporosis and osteopenia and the calcium scam, as she wrote it. And she wants to know why do drugs like Boniva? There's a bone in there, I guess. Why does Boniva require you to sit up straight for thirty minutes? And she got creeped out by that idea. Well, she should be creeped out by because it's it's. I mean, think about that. Why are, are you going to turn into a mummy or something? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, clearly it's toxic. If your body can't even absorb it properly, right, to the point where it's going to damage your esophagus if you lay down. So your stomach's basically going, Mm-mm, no thanks, and it won't even absorb properly in your gut. So you have to force absorb it or else it's going to burn up and damage your esophagus if you don't sit up properly. Uh, maybe that drug's not for you. You know what I mean? Um, I find it incredible what people are willing to, to go through and, and torture themselves with for this type of nonsense. It, yeah. So anyway. Let, let's, is, just, let's just rewrite the tagline and move on. You two can yeah. be boned by Boniva. Exactly. Would you like to st- sit up straight for thirty minutes? Get boned, by God. Holy cow! All right, um, I think I think we can jump the skincare one, Jason. Don't you? We kind of we got that. As long as Amanda's happy with what's been laid down with that. So uh, yeah, this was sure. this. Was, yeah, we did peroxide. We did some DMSO. Uh, we did cold sore. So yeah, I think so. So let's uh, let's jump into Reiki. What is Reiki, and what does it do? Is it legit? Yeah, I, I know I have naming issues. I don't like names, really. I don't like labels. I always rejected that because once you have a name out there, then people um, who want to attack different modalities, they'll just take the name and make it like call it something bad. And then when somebody sees that name again, 
in their head is the mind control that it's some sort of devil's work or something like that. You know, like I, I was on a one interview and, and she was like, can you not talk about Reiki because I have a Christian, you know, um, group of people who listen to me and I don't want to offend them. It's like, OK, <laughs> fine, I won't. Absolutely. Um, I'll respect that. But Reiki is is basically using energy to heal the body and you can use energy with sound you know, with your voice, you can uh, move your hands in specific ways to create fields that interact with your fields so that you clean up the energy fields, which get full of junk, absolutely full. We have a delicate energy system inside our bodies. We have different portals. We have acupuncture points, which have been visualized. We can see that we have these things called nadis or NADA, nadis, and these nadas or nadis are little ports inside the skin that lead to fine tubes inside the body which connect up to each other, kind of like roadways. Imagine you have like a central space and then all of these roads come out of it. That's like your chakra system. It's like a concentration of these tubes. And it's a network and it's a rapid network. I mean, to the point where you can, if you touch your your table right now or something right now, you feel it, don't you? You feel it immediately upon touching. That's how rapid we're talking of the nervous system and the information that comes from your hand to your brain back to your finger again to tell you you're touching something. That's pretty incredible. And all of the these systems rely on instantaneous feedback and that this is a delicate system. And when you're a living, breathing being and you make energy and electricity, you actually generate a field that's measurable. It's very scientific. It's not an idea. It's not some kind of like we're making something up. We are able to measure our fields. Um, and your fields then can expand based on breathing, based on meditation, based on whether your brain waves are in beta or theta or alpha, right? It'll change the, the size of your field. Um, and then imagine you're an electrical being with a field and you're walking around doo, and then somebody else, Hey, Hey, Jason, how you doing? Hey buddy. Uh, and then you're interacting with that field. What's happening with the overlap of that? You've got a six foot wide field and now you're interacting with somebody else's field. How does that, what happens there, right? Would you, what if someone's telling you a sad story about themselves and you're really feeling what they're feeling? What happens to your energy field, right? So these are clairvoyants and people who are aware of this. They've been, they've known this for centuries and we've developed systems to help cleanse, clean and rebalance those fields from all the pickup that's just happened in life. So the way I do Reiki, I've trained in all kinds of different energy modalities because I was absolutely mind blown and fascinated by these concepts. I, I knew there was energy. Of course, there's the unseen world. Of course, there's more to life than what we think. I studied a lot of basic physics, right? Like quantum physics and these sorts of things. And I knew that when we get down to the baseline molecules, it's just vibration. So, so we're all just vibrating levels of light whether we're if it's vibrating really fast then we don't see it if it's slower then we do see it and that's our visible spectrum so it's a color and and sound and and intention and all of these things impact us so reiki is like a laying on of hands where with your loving intention heart-centered nature you are you know asking either god or angels that are 100 pure love light to support the healing of that individual and you're by proxy asking uh to to have assistance to heal that person and you imagine 
that they're being cleansed. And through your imagination, it is done because all you need is the thought form because the thought form is also an, a vibration and even comes into a chemical form in your body, which is measurable. Right. So Bruce Lipton, he could, he, Bruce Lipton measured these sort of Candace Pert, these people, they understand epigenetics. They understand that these fields are real. Right. Uh, Vibrational Medicine by Dr. Richard Gerber. That was one of my first eye opening books that just kind of got me going. I was like, yes, these people are able to send through time and space thoughts and affect like a bell in a jar, you know, <laughs> by their thoughts. What are we? How powerful really are we? right? I have a Rife machine, a Rife machine, it's called Spooky 2 machine. And I can have a fingernail of somebody and send them a frequency to their DNA. And wherever they are in this world, they will receive the same frequency. And they will sometimes even tell me they're hearing it. And this is at a great distance, right? So time and space is even an illusion. And what does that mean? What is not the non-locality principle? What does it mean that you can affect something with there's no time, you can go back in time, then you can go forward in time, then, you know, these open up all those concepts. So we're getting into this readiness, I believe, going forward, once this, you know, Nazism, whatever falls apart, I think we're meant to remember who we are and our really deep innate gifts. And in order to engender those and to bring them into form, we need to practice and we need to get clean, squeaky clean, and we need to get our fields in balance. So I've do, I usually do distance Reiki because a lot of people, you know, that I meet that are really awesome don't live around here. <laughs> so I do a lot of uh, distance Reiki and it's extremely powerful that I always get people telling me, well, this is what I felt. And this is what happened. And this is what I remembered. And I, I put two and two together that I hadn't put together. And that's really resolved something for me. And all of these things start to happen in their lives, you know, and it's beautiful and it's meant to be beautiful. So it's this energetic supporting healing art. And there's many different forms of it. And the form that I use is more so called angelic Reiki. Uh, my teachers were very powerful and very beautiful people. And um, I, I sort of blend in a bunch of different varieties of Reiki. I was trained in Usoi Reiki, which is the Japanese Reiki, which is very involved, a lot of memorization and a lot of symbols. Um, the, the Reiki I use is very much simplified and uh, really is just a reflection on that individual so that they can see their own inner beauty and their value. All right. You know, growing up, I always had a problem with the fear-based ideas and spiritual traditions. And I'm here to tell you, I do not accept that fear has a place in any spiritual tradition that matters. But Jason, do you feel like we have time to pump out seven and get that into hour one? Yes, absolutely. All right, let's do it then. So we're going to talk about vaccines. Uh, we've had a lot of guests on who feel like members of their family were damaged by vaccines. From my point of view, I would be much more inclined to listen to a parent than I would some outsider who has no direct skin in the game of what's gone on with people. And what we're finding is officialdom is saying one thing and people in the world with direct experience are saying another. So I'll ask flat point blank, if you're damaged by a vaccine, is it possible to detox from it completely? In other words, if you thought it was the best thing in the world to do and you did it, and then later you had reason to think it's not the best thing in the world, you wish you hadn't done it, can you undo it? 
to a certain degree, and the sooner the better, because all of these vaccines are ticking time bombs in your body for disease. Um, and sometimes you can undo the damage if it's long fed forward. For example, I had the MMR vaccine. It damaged my tonsil tissue. I kept getting strep throat, and then the strep throat begot one antibiotic after another, 12 rounds of it kept getting strep throat. They took my tonsils out. Then I got heart issues because it went to my heart and affected my heart because they totally messed up my microbiome, right? And they never gave me probiotics. They never told me to eat sauerkraut. They never told me how to rebalance any of that. So so the damage, if, if I had gotten it and then I realized, uh-oh, you know, that's bad, then I would go into a detox cycle and I would get the metals out of my body using, you know, coffee enemas and um, medicinal clays like diatomaceous earth and bentonite clay or zeolite clay. I would use cilantro. I would use chlorella, spirulina. I would be going for it. I would be fasting. I would be high dosing vitamin C. I would be doing all kinds of therapies, right, to prevent the problem that I had after in my tonsils, right? But once the damage is done in my tonsils, like I don't have my tonsils now, right? So that's always a, an issue for me. I'm always going to have a lymphatic congestion problem that I have to be on top of now in my 40s for the rest of my life. I have to be very diligent now to prevent a congestion of my lymphatic system. So now if it is something you've gone forward, you're going to have to be proactive and figure out which systems affected the most and how you can always be on top of that. And it's a lot of work. If you just didn't get it in the first place, it'd be none of this work, right? But if you just got this particular um, gene therapy, which is not actually a vaccine, it's very different because you're not just getting all these adjuvants of poison and the metals and nanoparticulates, the polysorbates, all of these foreign tissues that you have, your body has to figure out and you have to get rid of. But now it's actually altering your own RNA formation and that'll affect intracellular um, clockwork and, and, and processes. And that now is rewiring you. And that's a different scenario. And only over time, because you know you may remake blood cells every month, you remake different sorts of cells in your body. And basically you're a new human after about seven years. So I would say it would take at least seven years of constant detox and support of your body to get rid of uh, this particular shot that's going around. Um, and I'm talking about the first shot. Don't I don't know where the second shot takes people. Or the third, because there's some that are now going to be doing three. Right. I mean, at that point, you, and you haven't detoxed, um, you're probably too far damaged for any real repair. A lot of people are saying even after the first one, they feel hollow inside. They feel emotionally damaged, right? Where's the drive to heal yourself when you feel hollow? Where's the motivation, right? So prevention is, what is one ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure? Well, it's the same here. But if you're already damaged and you're awake now and you're not going to go and get yourself further damaged, then of course you can still detox and heal and get these things out of your body using all kinds of um, metal detoxes. I love coffee enemas, you know that. And, um, and basically uh, healing the gut and, and making sure you're getting good microbes in your body to uh, get rid of all of those wastes. All right. I think we're going to have to wrap up here, guys, for hour one. When we come back, we're going to talk about Vax the Destroyer and the damage done from Amanda's point of view. She must have some insight that most of us do not into that. We're going to cover a number of things. I talked with Amanda and was surprised to hear her say that your mind uh, is connected to your gut. We'll get into these ideas when we come back, but there's so much more to cover. 
Jason, anything you want to add before I wrap up hour one here? You know, I'm curious. Do you think that tonsils are something that could be cured and saved if you're having acute tonsillitis? Oh, absolutely. And easily. That's what's so ironic about it. If someone had just told me about colloidal silver, I would have been able to save my tonsils. But nobody told me that it was even a thing. And in fact, if you go to a doctor, they'll say it's it's uh, dangerous or something. And uh, you can always use colloidal silver to really heal up the tonsils. And um, if you get a scratchy throat right away, you take an ounce of colloidal silver and sip at it and it will help. Even chlorine dioxide solution will help heal your tonsils. At uh, what part per million? For colloidal silver, I use between 10 and 15 parts per million for ingestion. Okay. And higher ones would be for external use? Yes. Okay. Does it hurt if you take higher parts per million? Because a lot of times I was at least buying 30 when I would purchase it. No, it wasn't hurt. It's just you're not getting past that part per million. You're getting silver clumping. So you're leaving the colloidal aspect of what you're after. So you're losing all the colo- some of the colloids. So you're getting different clumping of the silver ions and it might not be best absorbed by the body or utilized by the body. So it's kind of just a bit of a waste. That's all. But it won't hurt you. And what about the machines I've seen? I, I know our friend David Weiss has one. Do you think those work well enough that if someone wants to pony up some money up front that they'll save in the long run? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I make my own colloidal silver. I've been making it for years. It's not hard to do. You just have to pay attention. So it's a bit time consuming, but it's well worth it to to invest in, in a machine. Absolutely. Cool. All right. All right. Well, the idea that always comes back to vibration for me. And by the way, I got Amanda's uh, cell salts and I will state vehemently that i've been using highlands for years uh, i'll be using amanda's now i like them better and i got the uh what's the one called where they're all 12 together amanda melange melange that sounds very french yeah, yeah french or the Maybe spice Dune. Yeah, exactly <laughs> my eyes are not blue yet um anyhow we'll wrap up hour one of 309 here uh, we're going to get into a lot of things when we come back we can speak a little more freely though we don't really bother too much to obscure too much unless we know it'll be a direct threat to us as folks know my youtube channel came under the eye of scrutiny again a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. so we'll see what happens but pretty clearly we're going to go through a time here uh where i am in rhode island they're acting like if you get both shots then you don't have to social distance or quarantine if you're exposed but that's only good for 30 days (laughs) so it's like this bizarre kind of world where I can't imagine a fifth grader falling for it. And yet all the adults in the room are sitting there with their eyes glazed over. And it's, it's quite a thing. Um, we're going to come through a time here and there's just no getting away from it. And I imagine there's going to be a lot less of us here by the time we do get through it, but join us for hour two at crow triple seven radio.com C R R O W seven, seven, seven radio.com for hour two with Jason Lingren and Amanda Volmer, and we'll get into a bunch of things. And I'm going to open up asking about injuries that Vax the Destroyer has caused. So there it is, man. I'd like to wish you all a happy, healthy, and higher-minded new era. Cheers.
is the enemy of knowing. Come.